Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello and a warm welcome from Barangaroo Studios. This is The Call. 10 stocks picked by you, two experts, one hour. It is uh, October the 12th, Monday, October the 12th. I'm Ingrid Willinge. Let's get straight into it and introduce our two experts for today's show. Here for the full hour, joining me in the studio is Nathan Somersandram from Deep Data Analytics and Gaurav Sodhi from Invest Smart. Welcome in to the show, gents. Good to have you Thank here. You. Of course, always um, a lot to get through, so we might get straight into it with the sector of the day, not a stock of the day, mm. but a sector of the day today, focus on the travel sector ahead of the resumption of flights from New Zealand to Australia. Also, Australian Prime Minister Scott Morrison saying Australia is in initial discussions, of course, uh, with Pacific Island nations, as well as Singapore and Japan about, and South Korea about travel arrangements. So I guess the question is, now that we're hearing this news, we're starting to get some concrete sort of plans ahead, is now the time to buy? Gaurav, what do you think? I would say the market hasn't been anticipating this for some time. These stocks, for very good reasons, were maligned for a long time, mm-hmm. but geez, they've bounced back very hard. So this is not a surprise, it's been well anticipated, and to some extent it's actually incorporated into the stock prices. Um, things like Webjet and Flight Centre, we actually upgraded and, and bought for our portfolios um, during the panic, yep. um, and I've been quite shocked to see how fast um, they've rebounded, considering they've had cap raises, you know, they've had balance sheet issues, and they're very international businesses. So a small bubble doesn't necessarily um, compensate for a huge loss of business around the world. Um, so look, I'm, I'm not all that excited by the sector at the moment. Um, I think there's too much consensus that this is the best place to be for a bounce back, and I'm not convinced that's the case. We're still looking, in my view, at at least a year potentially two, three years before travel really normalizes again. And that's a long way for earnings to wait before earnings normalize. And and valuations have really come back up. I also would quickly add, don't just look at the share price because a lot of these businesses have raised big chunks of capital. Look at the market caps. And a lot of them um, now exceed what they were uh, pre-COVID. And that's just a bit kind of crazy. Yeah, that's the interesting thing, right? I mean, as you say, travel will recover. We know that, but it's all about time frame and valuation. Where do you stand, Nathan? Oh, look, Gaurav hit the nail on the head. <coughs> when it's an obvious thematic, it has never made money. Yeah. So if you look at <laughs> things like, uh, you know, we always knew tourism would do well in Australia. You actually never made money in tourism stocks for more than three or four months. Aging population? Aging population mm. is the next one. We all know, and when everyone knows, all the upside is priced in. And Gaurav's exactly right in the amount of capital being raised in that sector. That's not reflected in share price but will be in earnings, because when you get down to earnings per share, it'll be diluted substantially. So you've got lower earnings and bigger number of shares, so the earnings per share will be a lot lower. So the multiples may not, you might think that the multiples have come off because share prices have fallen, but the multiples are actually quite high. So there is a reason why these stocks are down, because it'll take them a number of years to come through. If you are a multi-year investor, and you don't need to worry about it, and you're willing to wait for the cycle, if you look at the longer term cycle, yeah, this is a great opportunity. You buy, you're happy to sit through two, three years. But unfortunately, most people I know do not have that patience. Mm. They're looking at three months, six months. It may bounce, it may fall again. And most of them, if they don't make enough, they'll probably will have to come back to the market and raise more money. Mm. So there is a risk that you get diluted a fair bit. So when it looks so obvious, you always got to remember there's risk that you're missing out on. So. I think on a risk return basis, this is not such a great mm. sector at the moment. Um, the other thing, and Grove's right, the, you've got to remember US and Europe are ma- you know, major markets for travel. They're going to be out of sync as far as the pandemic's concerned, mm. at least another 12 months. Mm. So in that context, we are looking at smaller areas and the prices generally go up because there is a limited market, everyone's trying to go. I mean, I went and took my family to Terrigal and the prices are substantially higher because everyone's trying to book. So just imagine if it's a small bubble, certain areas, everyone's trying to go there, prices will naturally go too yeah. much and it becomes out of sync. So then 
it'll limit. So in that context, I think things will naturally balance out. So I'm not getting excited, but I think there are a few areas where structural upside is there. So we've always been fan of the airport, especially Auckland International Airport. Yep. I still think you get a pretty good upside there. Mm. But, you know, and again, someone like a Qantas, because it's a cartel where the government backs you, yep. you're not going to get blown away. But again, you've you got to have a longer term view. So if you don't have a two year view, don't be there. I think airlines are actually quite interesting at this point. Um, yep. Certainly for me, airlines are perhaps the most interesting part of this whole sector. And that's because um, they've been hit very hard, but they've also made significant improvements. Um, so, so Virgin, the sole competitor, has now disappeared. It will come back in some form, but a weakened form. Qantas has cut costs massively. It, um, it, ha it faces much lower uh, oil prices. There is going to be a colossal bounce back in travel when it happens. So airlines are really at the, the coal face of that. And it's superbly managed to respond to changes in demand and changes in, in prices. So come out better. They'll actually come out better. From I think it, they yeah, will. Eventually. I think Qantas is my pick out of this entire sector. And okay. I say that when every single person in my team is screaming no at me, I'm the only one without okay. you. <laughs> well, I'm happy with that because mm. I wouldn't mind a stock pick from you out of it. Do you like any of them or are you no to all oh, of them? Oh, look, I, I like the airports and the airlines better than the travel agents. So in that, oh, look, I'll give you one out of each. If I had to pick an airport, international, Auckland International Airport is my preferred one. If I was picking an airline, Qantas is my preferred one. If I was picking a travel agent, I'd go with Flight Centre. Well, this is the call, so we like getting some stock picks, um, even when we have a sector of the day, so thanks for that. Mm. Let's get into it, though, because we've got 10 more stocks to get through, and I want to kick it off um, with our first stock of the day, which is picked by you, Graham. Thank you for um, your question on this one, Graham. It's Reese, R-E-H, of course, um, Plumbing and Bathroom Supplies. We know this company well. Nathan, I might kick it off with you. What's your thoughts on Reese? Is it a buy, hold, sell, first up? Uh, for me, it's probably closer to sell wow. um, and a hold. I'm not going into a buy for it. Mm -hmm. um, you have to remember it's, it was a value trade and it's not anymore. Mm. Uh, it's run really hard. Uh, a lot of people have lost money for a number of years and that's come back. So there will be a fair amount of people taking profit. The whole construction cycle, I think there's going to be a lot more issues attached to it. I don't think it's going to shoot the lights out. Everyone thinks just because the government gives you cheap debt and infrastructure build, everyone will work well. Mm. Again, as I say, if it's an obvious thematic, it's priced in. It's priced in for Reese. Uh, so I'm not getting excited here. Management, people have talked up Reese management quite a bit, and they were. Remember, the family got out. Yeah. <laughs> they're, not, they're not hanging around. So They're still in there, aren't they? Yeah, in, but not yeah. as much as what they were. So there's a reason why these guys come to the market. Uh, this is the only way they can dilute themselves out gradually. Uh, look, I, I think it's a good business, but I think it's in a tough market, and you're not getting the discount for the risk in that sector. So I'm not jumping into Reese right now. I, I really like this stock. Um, I think this is one of the, the best businesses in Australia. Uh, superb management. And the reason why it's never really traded on ultra-high multiples to reflect its quality is because it's super illiquid mm. and big funds have never been able to get access to the stock. Um, and it's, it's left a big opportunity for the retail investor to pick up one of Australia's best businesses at very reasonable prices. We actually bought this and upgraded it as well um, with a seven in front of it. Um, and we did not expect to see it double in price so quickly. So I actually do concur that there's been a lot of expectation priced yeah. in. But a lot of that has to come with the American acquisition. They bought Morsco, which is mm. a sort of a mid-tier um, equivalent of Reese in the US. Mm. Um, but um, the management is so good, I think they can actually build on that and improve um, that business a lot. Um, and Australia is far away advanced um, compared to the US in this particular sector. They're very good at um, building um, supply and distribution to, um, to tradies and plumbers. I like to liken Reese to Babcor, actually. I mean, Babcor has built up a specialist distribution network that supplies um, mechanics for parts that consumers do not understand but desperately need. And Reese has done the same thing with plumbing. They've built up a specialized network of distribution for plumbers to supply parts that us consumers don't understand but desperately need. And that gives them pricing power. Um, and it gives them a real um, monopolistic bent. This is not an obvious monopoly, but in, in practice it almost is one. Um, so I think there's ample room for growth here, especially in that American market. 
I wouldn't be buying up here, but I would certainly not be selling. You sell a business like this at your peril. So you're a buyer at certain levels, but just the valuation's become a bit rich. So it has become a bit rich, okay. yeah. The other thing you gotta remember for this is, as you just said, the growth is in the US. Yep. We're in a declining US dollar cycle. So your earnings there is going to be, when you're translating to Aussie, will get lower and lower. Aussie dollar is going up because the government has thrown the kitchen sink at it to, to get it down. It didn't work. Now the US dollar is falling, Aussie is running up. So you have to be really careful what, when you're buying stocks with US dollar exposure over the next year or two. Because most likely, Aussie dollar has a very high chance that it could actually move between 80 to parity over the next six to 12 months. So if that happens, your earnings will take a substantial hit. So as good as the business is, and I don't have a problem with the quality of the business, hmm. I just think it's pricing in a fair bit and the macro is not so clear cut what the price is saying. Put, your, saying. put your currency strategist hat on yeah. as well um, <laughs> at the same time. It's, it's the big problem. It's a it? hard one. All right, we'll move on from that. We'll put you yeah. as a hold, um, Gaurav, and we'll move on to the next stock. Um, our second stock, yeah. Credit Corp. Um, this comes from Max. So thanks, Max, for your question on Credit Corp. Um, ticker CCP for those playing at home. Now, this one, consumer debt collector, basically, uh, is a good way to summarise it. Gaurav, what's your take? This is a fascinating business, and it's one that I originally thought when you look at it, you think it's going to be a disaster, Hmm. but it's got a very attractive track record. Um, What it does is it goes out and buys um, debt ledgers from companies with bad debts, and it goes off and tries to chase those, um, the remnants of those ledgers. So it often buys debt ledgers for sort of five, six cents, and it tries to collect uh, maybe 10 or 20 cents Mm -hmm. um, in every dollar. And it's been very successful with that. It's a very specific way to go about success in this industry. Um, Many of its peers are now in big trouble because it requires a lot of discipline in buying ledgers at correct prices, and it requires a lot of diligence in collecting um, the the debt, um, collecting it delicately as well to please uh, shareholders and uh, regulators. Um, they've shown remarkable discipline. It's actually an industry where you can almost print your own profit. Um, you can decide from day one what profit you'll make this year or next year, and you'll hit that mark in the short term, and the problems don't come up until years down the line, which is why Collection House and Pioneer have gotten in trouble. They just got greedy and started printing more money. So I'd almost forget about the multiple and forget about the profitability today. It's not a very good indication of value being built. Um, why I like this is because they've got a history of buying discipline and the, cred- the, um, the competition is in all sorts of trouble and there is a wonderful opportunity ahead of them to buy amples of debt um, at very cheap prices. Okay, so at these levels are you a buyer? I'm a buyer. Yeah, we buyer. actually own this um, as well. We bought it at slightly cheaper prices, but I still think the valuation is okay. Okay, a buyer from Gaurav on that one, Credit Corp. What do you think, Nathan? Oh, look, management are really good, as Gaurav said. Uh, they've got a track record of being able to manage tough times, but, geez, we're in a tough time. Um, so do I want to uh, go into a sector that's going to be challenged? Competitors are basically blown up, yep. as you said. Uh, these guys are the best house in a bad street. I just like to avoid the street. Um, so I, I think dead traders in an economic recession that's basically been delayed by government handouts, mm. as the handouts fade, you're going to see more problems coming through the economy, it will crack. Unemployment globally is already 10% plus. It's just being hidden into underemployment. So in reality, that will play out over the next 12 to 18 months. It doesn't matter what the politics is, that's just a fact of the economy. So economy will come through, this sector will struggle on the back of that. And these guys are really good, but I'm not going to buy them in a cycle where they're going to struggle, as good as they are. So again, I think this is the one you buy in the sector but I just don't think the numbers are stack up for them right now. I would be I disagree to... they're going to struggle. I mean, the current, the book that they own at the moment, they're probably not going to collect what they plan to collect, but the opportunity to buy future debt at really low, uncompetitive prices. There's no one else buying this debt now. Sure. It's them, them bidding for it. Um, I think that's they, going to be a great they will, I mean, most of these blown up businesses are going to be bought, bought by private equity and they'll pump it up and come back and bid. It's, it's what happens every cycle. The mm. average, Punter goes in and buys these stocks, gets blown away. Private equity sells it to them at two, three times what they bought it for, and then they come back and buy it at half the price. Uh, so that cycle will play out. The other one is similar to what we were talking about before. Their growth story is US. Yes, that's right. And the currency mm-hmm. play comes in. Mm-hmm. And so you've got to have that in the back of your mind. Where is your growth coming from? What's the issues? I think US economy is going to have a tough time 
I think US dollar is going to have even tougher time. So can we just reach over and take his currency strategist yeah, hat? Yeah, <laughs> he's got the currency strategist yeah. hat on it's, today, it's, doesn't he? It's a big thematic. I think the US dollar decline is a huge thematic for us. Well, I mean, it's a, and it's a big call though, because I mean, currencies are so hard to forecast. Mm. I mean, I don't, I don't try to be a currency strategist, but Gaurav, what's, what's your take on that? I mean, do you try mm. to ignore currency fluctuations or what, I mean, how do you play that? Because they're, they're two stocks that you yep. like. I, I, I just ignore them. Yep. I, I think if you're trying to, I mean, to Nathan's credit, I mean, for the time I've known him, he's actually been pretty good on currencies. But most people doesn't have often, doesn't have And that's probably luck more yeah, than Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think mean, currency's always like national. Yeah, yeah. It's probably luck. But um, there is no way people can consistently call currencies. Yeah. It's just it's 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 potluck. No one knows. Yeah. So for you to base your investment strategy on what the currency is doing, I probably wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do that. So are you a hold yeah. or a sell? On credit call? Yeah. Um, I think if you bought it lower, you can take the risk. So I would be holding. But I wouldn't enter where okay. it is now. Okay, we'll put you down as a, as a hold, I think. <laughs> we'll put you down as a hold. But we, we need two buyers, so we'll, we'll see how we go. Mm-hmm. Um, let's go to our next one. Um, Intertech Pivot. This is from Sharon, ticker IPL. Uh, Nathan, Intertech Pivot. We know the stock. Uh, what in particular, um, just tell us a bit about the stock first up and then uh, tell us if you're a buy, hold, sell. Oh, look, you've got, the main play for me is the underlying thematic for Intertech Pivot. It's the farmers, farming stocks. So you've seen agriculture stocks. So have a look at elders. That tells you how well it's a classic beta for farming mm. sector, agricultural sector. And uh, we went through the drought, the bushfires and all of that. And then we come out on the other side. Globally, farming is doing a lot better. Food prices are going up because people haven't invested in um, increasing food supply. So food prices are doing well. Farmers are doing well. Governments, for political reasons, are giving a lot of money to farmers. So that sector has actually been doing quite well. So we actually, you know, if you look at what's happening overall in the market, we looked at the thematic of growth to value. That cycle is playing out. And in the farming sector, you've got a few stocks like Elder, so forth, mm. absolutely killing it. Well, the chemical sector, the fertilizer sector, has been ignored. So if you look at the other side of that um, trade, you've got Intertech Pivot and New Farm. Again, this is not high quality business. They've had pl- problems, but you're getting the discount for what it is. Mm. It's not, I mean, we're not buying CSL. Let's be clear about that. This thing has problems but that's what you're getting the discount on. So you're yeah. buying a value stock with a turnaround story, with the good macro. And management's, you know, it's a great thing when you have a complete mess up, you get time to clean up your mess. Yeah. And so they've been able to write down a fair bit. So I think things are actually cleaning up for them. I think the risk return here favors you. Uh, I'm a big fan of Instech Pivot and New Farm here. I don't, I'm not a fan of jumping on value stocks while they're still trying to clean themselves out. But I think the chemical sector is quite interesting mm. because the macro is working for them. There's a fair amount of money sitting on their customer side that usually will start to flow through. So buy from you. I'd be a buy. A buy on Instech Pivot. <laughs> yeah. Love it. Gaurav, can you give us a buy? No. Um, <laughs> Nathan's tried to convince me about this one for some time and I've, um, I've remained steadfast. This is a mediocre business um, and I could just leave it at that. Um, and, and why That's as good as own? he's going to ever say about Instech Pivot. So you don't mind it, but you're just saying it's mediocre. Why would you want to put it in your portfolio? I don't, no, I don't. I I mind it. <laughs> I mind it because because it's a mediocre Personal. business, um, and I don't think most investors <laughs> want to get into buying mediocre businesses. I mean, for this company to do well, so much has to fall into line. You know, you need prices and supply to line up. Then you need cost to align. You need input prices to mm. fall. Everything has to go right, and even then, it makes merely adequate returns on capital. I'm not interested in that. If if I'm going to buy a, a crappy company, I want at least explosive. Ah, you see what I did there? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, I bringing ex- the puns in, I love it. <laughs> I want explosive upside. I want yeah. my, my potential to sort of three or four bag, and you're not going to get this. At best, I think Nathan's right, this is a cheap stock, mm. but I can see this going up 50%. That's not enough. You're buying a lousy business for a 50% return. But I don't get up in the morning <laughs> for less than a double. Love it. So you're pretty much a sell on this. Sell on this. Hang yeah. on, but Nathan, yeah. what do you say to that? Oh, look, I think the two main sectors, obviously, mm. blowing stuff up and agriculture yeah. both of the customers are cashed out they're doing well for at least a year year and a half i mean the capex outlook in mining stocks have been rising um, for the last six to twelve months so i would say the outlook is much better so again if you're going to buy a value stock you want to buy it when your customers are doing well and that's what i'm so if you're looking at uh, like we were talking about travel stocks right if i'm looking at travel stocks i want to see consumer spending mm. going gangbusters and you go well they're going to travel so you buy the value stock. That's where my thing is. I know. But That's every- not a value stock. A value stock is something like coal. Coal is the cheapest area of the market at the moment. 
that's the kind of crappy quality company but, you would be buying. But the thing is, that the, the real reason why yeah. you want to look at these stocks is, mm. um, yes, it's value, but at the same time, it is something where your upside, you can see the customers yeah. coming in. That's the other side of it. The other part of it is everyone hates it. It's not like, mm. you know, people are pushing, um, you know, Instinct Pivot yeah, about 100% <laughs> higher. So, you that's know, true. most value investors have been belted. So the thing is, there are a lot of, you know, invested fund managers who will buy this stock to push it up. And the reality is, it's been beaten up. All right, I love you guys make a market, a buy and a sell. It's great, but we've got to move on. <laughs> Barley Spoon, this is the next stock coming, oh. from, coming from us, from Paul. Now, this one... Wow. I mean, it, look, you can't deny it's been a stellar year for yes. Marley Spoon. Whether it's warranted or whether it has mm. further to go from here, I guess, is the question. Gaurav, I would what's also, your take? I would also sell this as well. Um, they have done phenomenal. Forget about the share price for a moment. And, and the numbers, the operating numbers are actually very impressive for the moment. They've mm. attracted a lot of new customers. Um, and it's, it's come at with very little additional marketing. Um, this company doesn't make any profit, but its whole um, wheelhouse is to spend money up front, get customers through the door and retain them for as long as possible. They provide a reasonable service. I don't have great insight into management, but there is no competitive advantage here. And I would suggest that a lot of the customers that have come onto its books and help propel the share price have been flighty customers. And I would be interested to see what the churn rate will be. You think perhaps just entering because of COVID, just Absolutely. Of the supermarket, just get this for a short period of time and then get back to normal. One of the most dangerous things in the market is a uh, cyclical stock that's masquerading as a growth stock. Right. And I think you've got that here at you a want share price to customers, match. right? That's what you want. You need it. You know, yeah, yeah you, you need it to, yeah. to make money. And, and even yeah. with all this, they're still not making money. And the competition is firing up as well, so sell for me. So it's, it's basically you put a board out there with the sale and this hurricane came behind it and it's just gone boom. And you've got Woolworths pushing you, you've got a, you know lockdown. It was just the perfect scenario. I mean, before the lockdown, this thing was getting hammered. Right? It was, nobody wanted to touch it. It was like sad COVID on it. Yeah. Uh, so it actually worked out in its favor. Yeah, so yeah. In, in context, yes, it's done well. Is it as good as it is? Can it keep going at this rate? Uh, no. Uh, I mean, unless you're going to get COVID, COVID going. Do we ding, ding, ding for two cells on this show? Ding, yeah. ding, ding, we two should. cells I like for both that. of you. Uh, I, think I, think, I think, look, there's tech stocks and then there's tech stocks that just benefited from a structural upside in a short term. And this is one of those. I, I don't think this is a tech stock, though, you know. This it still is, has all know, the costs and the food and the delivery. It's, it's, and but it's, it's like Domino's. Logistics mm. slash. Yeah. It's like calling yeah. Domino's yeah. logistics. Tech company. Look, I think they've done really well. So if you've been in there... I don't know why, but yes, if you've been in right. there and you did well, well done. Take, Take money. your money and run. All right. Well, it's clear, clear sales there from uh, both mm. our guests on the show. Let's move on to our next one, uh, Argo Global Listed Infrastructure, ticker ALI. This is from Peter. Peter, thanks for your question on this one. Nathan, I might start with you this time. Oh, look, I, I, it's very hard to get too much on this one. Do you know much about the, the stock? No, I don't. I, had a, I tried to look through it. There's not a lot. Um, look. The thing that you've got to remember and the whole infrastructure play at the moment is everyone knows, everyone wants security. All infrastructure stocks are quite well priced. Mm. So the market is not missing the infrastructure sector. Mm. We all know how good it is and the good ones are priced for what they are. I actually think for me, uh, you know, when you're going for the infrastructure, go for the guy. You're there for what? You're there for dividends and you're there for security. I, I want to lock that down. I don't want any kind of risk because you're not going there for sexy. You're going there for boring. You're going for there for yield. So the one that stands out for me is APA. You know, you lock it oh, okay. in. The mm. government guarantees your dividends. Um, if you want to, if, if you're trying to get risk in that sector, you're in the wrong place. So I think this, for me, this one doesn't stack up just on the fact that it's not as safe as some of the other stocks, and it's not like you're going to get any better return. So I think the risk return just doesn't sit for me. All right, Gaurav. Yeah, this is a tricky one. Um, Argo, we know a little bit about. It's a well-credentialed, um, respected um, investment house. Uh, I've not seen this product before, but they've teamed up with a giant American uh, fund manager, Cohen, who mm. I think they manage like $100 or $90 billion, a very large manager. Yeah. And they've, it's, it's, they've created this very small fund for, to take stakes in infrastructure assets. I don't know how I feel about that, actually. I mean, mm. it trades at a discount to its asset value, but then it charges fat fees as well. Um, it, it probably looks okay if this is what you really want, then there's no red flags here. It's not a disaster. But I think your money can be put to better work. Um, as an example, if I may, um, we've, we own and have recommended a business called Infratil, which is a New Zealand infrastructure investor. Yeah. 
and this company owns um, uh, half of Wellington Airport, or two-thirds of Wellington Airport, half of um, Canberra data centers. Mm -hmm. They own some renewable power assets. It is a wonderful collection of assets with a really long-term um, track record um, that impresses, sort of 16% over 25 years. Um, I would buy that, and it looks cheap. I would buy that well over buying something like this. Okay, so you're sort of a hold. I mean, you're not really a buyer or seller. No, I wouldn't. Yeah, this is if, for, for the right. If you really want to buy this, there's nothing. I'll, I'll give no, you no red flags. Are you? A, right. Were you a hold or a sell? Uh, I, I'd be a hold. Infrastructure okay, is a hold. I, I think that mm. I'll give you one out of the left field for infrastructure stock. Right. ASX. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. ASX. I mean, the volumes continue to rise. These guys mm. just click the ticket. You get a decent yield. That's it's not great, but it's a solid yeah. yield. It's not going to go away. The thematics are mm. going to change. My guess is at some point in the next couple of years, London Stock Exchange is selling Italian and probably sell yeah. a few and then bid on Australia. Yep. So I would say there's really? a... Really? Oh, yeah. Or Singapore Stock Exchange. Well, I think the Singapore... I think an Asian they, Stock they have, Exchange. Yes, yeah, so that doesn't actually give you the value there mm. because the whole idea for London is that there's a lot of European investors want Asian exposure. Mm. By buying an Aussie okay. exchange, they can naturally buy mm. Asian exposure through us. Mm. So I think there's a big value there. The ChaiX experiment is there to make it legally possible for someone to buy ASX. Okay. So it's a turkey being fattened up. That's interesting. All right, love it. Um, there's some ideas for you, <laughs> aside from Argo Global listed <laughs> infrastructure, which obviously neither mm. guests uh, are overly inspired by, but basically a hold for both. Let's do a summary though, because we're halfway through the show, believe it or not, gosh, it goes quick mm. um, when we get through these stocks. We've got had Reese, um, that was, look, basically a sell or a hold from, from Nathan, a hold from Gorav Credit Corp, a buy from um, uh, Gorav, a hold from Mathan. We've had Instech pivot, which was a buy from Mathan itself from Gorav. I love that you guys have quite different, <laughs> yes, different. Okay. But you really make the market right here. It's, it's, it's very interesting. Mm. And Marley Spoon, a sell from both. So you can pretty much confirm that's a sell from our guest today. And the last one, Argo, we just went through it there. Um, a hold from both our guests today. So there's a wrap up for the first five stocks of the day. Here on the call, we've actually got our own portfolio that we've been tracking since July one. Mm. All the stocks that get two thumbs up, we haven't had any of them yet, um, or a buy from both our experts on the show we've been putting in. So let's get a check on how we've been performing in this portfolio weekly. We're up over 7% so far. Wow. This portfolio actually doing really well. It so is. all credit to you guys. Yeah. Since July 1st, 15.6% uh, higher. So doing well, taking a look at the stocks we added to the portfolio recently, we added ProMedicus, ResMed, AUB Group, Betmakers, Simic Group, Altium and Elders were taken out. Yep, makes sense. And you can check all the stocks we have in. We in. took Elders out, I think. Did you? Did we? Yeah. Oh, yeah, it must have been you guys. We <laughs> check in. <laughs> you can check in on the stocks we have in the calls portfolio by heading to osbiz.co forward slash portfolio. We'll be updating you, though, every day here on the call with how it's tracking. There you go. Well, joining us as well this afternoon, Jared Rubin from City Australia joins us to preview the City Investment Conference that is taking place this week. It's a big one. The conference has guests like Josh Frydenberg, Wayne Byers, Philip Lowe. That'll be from 120 Eastern here on AusBiz. So certainly lots to get through on that. But I want to get through the rest of the stocks because we've still got five to go. And there's some interesting ones in here. I'm hoping for a buy from both our um, guests. I'm not sure we're going to get it, but we'll see how we go. <laughs> Our next uh, one comes from Witek. It's JB Hi-Fi, a well-known stock, of course, a retailer that's done pretty well during COVID times. The question here is, though, what next for the stock? Gaurav, I'm going to kick it off with you. Is this a buy, hold, sell? This is a sell, Ingrid. Um, I think Nathan and I have a long history of disagreeing on this one, but I suspect <laughs> we're probably finally, finally on the same page on this one. Um, <laughs> during the whole COVID fiasco, you've got to differentiate between companies that have gained a structural advantage and companies that have gained a cyclical advantage. Mm -hmm. So has demand been pulled forward or has new demand been generated? And I think there's no doubt that JB Hi-Fi has benefited from um, a, a pull forward of demand. It's, just, it's been cyclically, um, it's cyclically benefited from, from COVID and that's well reflected in that share price. He's a superbly managed retailer. Mm -hmm. I like this business a lot. Management's outstanding. It's a rare business with hustle. Um, you know, every, they go to every length um, to get that extra dollar of revenue, to get that extra point of margin. And it's really what you want to see from a retailer. But at this price, really, I, I think it's starting to look a bit silly. Um, and I would take my money and, and invest elsewhere. Pure now. valuation. Pure valuation. You, I, to t buy it, I probably need to see it fall a good 40% or wow. so. Like it's, it's significantly expensive. The recent results, um, it doesn't look that expensive on numbers because the recent results have been so astounding. Mm. I question whether the profit is sustainable at current levels. Yeah, we've had lots of chats. 
on the And mostly, I might add, I've been right. Yes, he has been. Um, <laughs> we've we, had to be brought off the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, we, we, we argue through this. I mean, it's an interesting stock. Look, they're probably the only person that I know, actually even globally, who can sell more crap in one square meter mm. is Chemist Warehouse. It's the only other person oh, yeah, I can okay. think of that shoves more crap in <laughs> a square meter and make you mm. emotionally damaged by looking at all those things. And JB Hi-Fi is very good at that. And you know, I always say, when, when I was working in the US, I used to go to Best Buy, and they used to try and do what, and JB Hi-Fi used to copy what they did. Mm. Same color, same Remarkable, everything. isn't it? Yeah, and, they, and I could see mm. what they were doing, and a couple of months later, JB Hi-Fi would do it. JB Hi-Fi actually has gone past them yep. and Best Buy cr- you know, crashed down and then just recovered. Yeah. Now, JB Hi-Fi is that good that they learned and they're better than the parent. Yep. So they, they've actually done really well. Look, I think the management's great. Um, I've always had an issue when they bought good guys. I think there's a cultural issue. They bought big exposure into the property market, which I think is very late in the cycle. Mm. You're not buying, and it's also, Good Guys has a different culture to what JB Hi-Fi did. But this has been a long time coming. I mean, Good Guys has been around for a while with JB Hi-Fi now. And, but the thing is, as Gaurav said, they've had a short-term massive boost, and you've had that in the property market, and you've had that in the work-from-home strategy, which is all brought forward by. Can that be? The biggest stimulus wasn't actually what the government gave you. The biggest stimulus was the super withdrawal, early withdrawal out of super. And a lot of that went straight into tech purchases, which people thought would be structural. So they bought new computers, they bought monitors, they bought all these things for home because they're stuck at home. Mm. And they look and go, gee, that's crap, I'll buy it. And because you've got money, everyone took the money out because of safety and then they yeah. just spent it. So you're not going to get that again. Well, if you do, you Australia's <laughs> in real doo-doo. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's a, one of those one-offs that is massive stimulus that went through. It was bigger than what the government actually put out. So the super withdrawal was the huge stimulus. So that's not going to happen again. So all of these things are really one-offs that's really boosted it. And look, they're good. They're really good, but they're not that good. They can't beat the economy. (laughs) This is what it is. So at the end of the day, the economy is on double-digit unemployment. That's going to hit them. They're a retail stock. So they've seen a lot of brought forward purchases. That's going to hit them. So I think the growth's right. I mean, saying it's going to drop 20 or 30 or 40 percent, it's a cyclical stock. Mm. This thing could drop 50, 60 percent. Mm. You know, if the market turns, unemployment is high, and the government's basically just basically thrown out the kitchen sink at the economy, trying to get it to move. And I think it will struggle. I think RBA has gone too early because the U.S. elections is the biggest. Basically, it's the biggest mess that's running around. And it's the currency, Nathan, is, is that is yeah. one of the? <laughs> Come on, put the currency <laughs> hat on for us. See, for the currency, it actually benefits. Oh, he's got. This one actually benefits because they buy stuff from overseas. Yeah. Aussie dollar is going to go up uh, and it'll help the retailers. But the biggest problem is the unemployment. Mm. Unemployment is 10 plus percent. It's going to go higher. So that's going to affect them. So retail sector, I think they're good. They're probably one of the best, but no. <laughs> okay. Is it similar to, just quickly, because we've got to move on, but is it similar to a Marley Spoon, the way that Marley Spoon's tracked? Or, you know, it's more quality than Marley Spoon, oh. right? It's 10 times better quality than Marley yeah. Spoon. But, but it's the, a similar trend. I mean, what you're talking that, about that, here that sounds... Is exact, that's true. The, the thematic is you brought forward a lot of things and yeah. you've had huge wind helping you through this cycle. Can you beat this in the next 12 months? I find it very hard to believe that you can. Actually, the opportunity for Marley Spoon is probably larger. Um, the Marley Spoon could fall away and JB Hi-Fi won't because it's financially very strong. Mm. But if Marley Spoon can reduce its churn rate and capture some of these customers on a long-term basis, and that could actually make the business. Mm. Um, so, you know, you, if it, we want to be sort of watching these numbers a little bit. Mm. Um, the market's, I think, already factored in. That's going to happen, and it might not. But if it does, then this is an example of a business that can be completely remade by COVID. Okay. I don't think that's true for JB Hi-Fi. This yeah, is a more stuck in a simple yeah. cyclical. Miley Spoon yeah. could do yeah. a Kogan and use their customer base to get, you know, they could raise money here, go and buy other okay. uh, providers mm. and throw it through. I might ask you guys about Miley Spoon in about three, six months time, maybe yeah. 12 yeah. months time. We'll yeah. see how it's okay. tracking them. But mm. moving on from that, because let's let's get past JB Hi-Fi now, because mm. that, that was an interesting one. Uh, basically, a, a sell for both of you, a sell from you. Yes. Yeah. Okay, he's, he's come back. He's, he's come, come back. back. A sell yeah. from both of you um, <laughs> after the, the mm. stellar run. It's a valuation call. Let's go to the next one. Um, this one is Artemis Resources. Um, okay, so Artemis Resources, this one comes from Tom. Tom, thank you for your question on this one. <clears throat> Look, this one, let's kick it off with you, Gaurav. Exploration Drilling Company. What do they do? 
Do so you like them? They're drilling for gold. I think it's in, is it WA yeah. I, I, for memory? Um, it's a $30 million business. Mm. They've got some cash in the bank. They've got five or seven million bucks small in the bank. Small cap. Very small cap. Um, look, this, what I say here is immaterial. If they find gold, the price is going to soar. If they don't, it's going to crash and join the thousands of other gold hopefuls. So how do you look at a company like this then? You can't judge it. I, I think this is a silly investment and I, I don't understand <laughs> I don't understand why people consistently yeah. try to um, find these exploration winners. I mean, is it I just know, taking a punt basically, right? Like a gamble almost. Of course it is. Yeah. I mean, there's a place for that in a portfolio. Mm. But um, you need to be honest and recognise that you're, I mean, a punt is really about understanding the probability of success and weighing that against the size of the success. So you, in, in most, when we, we, we look at a speculative stock, we try and place a probability of success and then look at what's the, how big could that be and then you can get an expected value. And then you can judge the expected value against the price and the risk and that sort of thing. What do you do here? I mean, you cross your fingers and, and wonder if they'll buy gold. I know a little bit about ge geology. I was um, a resources analyst for 10 years. Um, we've had access to superb geologists, um, first-rate um, uh, geological minds. Most companies have first-rate geological minds, but geology isn't a traditional science. You don't know what's in the ground. Um, it's, it's, it, so much of it is on pure luck, and that's what this whole investment is. It's, it's not even investment, it's a speculation on hope. Yeah. So, I mean, no one knows the answer to this. It's a, if they find it, it'll rocket. If they don't find it, which is the most likely scenario, then it'll probably go to zero. Yeah. You can't um, forecast it. And you can't forecast it. You can't even put a probability on it. Mm. Um, I, I think, uh, you know, I, I don't understand the appeal of these kind of stocks. I, I, I think if, if you have some insight and you can put a probability of success on something like this, and some people can, um, if you can do that, then I would say speculate away. But if you can't, then you have nothing to add to, to the share price. And, and uh, unless you have um, a differentiator, a different opinion or something to add, something, something you can contribute to, some analysis or mm. insight you can contribute, I don't think there's a case for buying. I think it's a sell from Gaurav. Yes. Well, yeah, that's he's, how we'll he's conclude actually, it. He's actually being subtle. He didn't throw knives at no. him. <laughs> he didn't <laughs> say just bomb Not quite, but um, yes. Uh, look, uh, everything has a price, right? Mm -hmm. uh, this, is, this is not an investment case. This is a punt. You're going to put a very little amount and you're hoping for a big return, mm -hmm. right? Gold is at pretty close to all-time highs. If it's not going to, you know, if they hit the hole, if this doesn't fly, well, there's something wrong, right? So right now you're finding in gold stock because you think if they hit the right thing, it'll shoot. The only data point that I've seen through time that works in an Explorer Gold, and it's not what I would normally do, I tend to go for producers, mm -hmm. um, Explorer is you back management, management who's done it before. I don't know the management, so I can't really say one way or another, but generally what I've found is previous history of management executing, they know the land, they've been there, done it for years and decades, so they tend to be pretty good and they tend to con continuously deliver. So the guys who've delivered before tend to be the ones you want to follow. So I don't know exactly that, but the share price is telling me they're not doing well. Uh, so this is, yes, it's had a bit of a bounce, but mind you, if you're punching for gold, if you're mm. not going to bounce now, when are you going to bounce? They're uh, also capital intensive as well. Uh, huge, I mean, it's huge. not like you can just... So it's actually an interesting one. Over the last 10 years, if you looked at the amount of money thrown into punching holes in the ground to find gold and actual amount of gold taken out, you actually lose money continuously. That's why gold prices have gone up. Again, because if, if, you want, if you want exposure to gold, I, I think it's perfectly rational to go out and buy a gold producer. We have the best gold producers in the world here on the yes. ASX. They are some terrific names, um, which are actually good businesses, not, not just good gold miners. Um, if you want to take a bet, why not take a bet on something where you can assess the probabilities of success, mm. where you have some sort of insight into what success might look like? I don't understand this approach of saying he's an explorer, here's some money yeah. um, and cross your fingers. Just out of interest, this is left field, but yeah. are biotech similar or do you see biotechs as easier same. to... It's the same. Okay. You're basically you're backing management, hope they hit it. The odds are low. It's like an exploration return. company exactly, but in a, in exactly. a well, medical field. I would say um, the in, in biotech, you have what, what's known as, as, as a Bayesian probability tree. So every step you take changes your probability. Mm. Um, a... A mining exploration business is a, is a binomial probability. It's, yeah. it's a yes or a no, binary, right? and you don't know. Yeah. Um, every, every step you take in a, in a medical type business can change your probability. Mm. So I think it's possible to watch a, a, a biomedical or, an, or a medicine business and get an understanding of the probabilities and make an assessment. Okay. I don't think that's possible in exploration so businesses. The, the other way you could play in the gold sector is you can actually find 
gold stocks in Australia, very good gold stocks, as Gaurav said, that actually produce at the same time. Yes, that's a good point. They have minor minority holdings in other projects. Yep. And if they work, it's a bit like what car sales and realestate.com used to do. They'll buy 5% of that, 10% of that, and then they wait. If they actually deliver, then they take them out. Mm -hmm. So these guys mm -hmm. will buy chunks of explorers, and when they execute, boom. So I would say one that I really like right now, it's good value, something like Gold Road. Yep. Very well Completely managed, agree. good management. Yep. Oh, there you go. If we had that one, we could have had a buy from both <laughs> yeah, of you. Yes. But no, we've got to sell for both of you on Artemis <laughs> ARV. We'll move on from that one and talk Sims Metals. Um, this mm. comes from Natalie. And um, Nathan, it's your turn to start. So I'll kick it off with you. Buy, hold, sell. It's not the one out of the two in the steel sector. Um, Blue Scope's much better. Mm. Um, Sims enough. It's just a ugly business. It's just, it's, <laughs> it it's just there's no nice way to put it. Mm. Uh, but it's, it's, it, there's always a but. Everything has a price. And actually, it's not a bad price. Mm -hmm. It's one of those things, I, and I remember saying it before, and Gurab hates it. But every time this goes to <laughs> single digit, mm. you should buy it. It's a bit like QBE. When it goes to single digit, you buy it. Don't look at it. Hang on, are you ugly. a buy on this then? Yes. It's a single digit. <laughs> exactly. Okay. It's, a, it's an ugly business. You sound like a very yeah, I don't want apprehensive to do it. Yeah, buy. I don't, yeah. I don't want Begrudging. it. Begrudging. Oh, yeah, I don't want it. But, you know, steel's doing okay. Um, China's doing okay. Iron ore is killing it. So, in context, this should do better. Mm. <laughs> Management, you know, you probably want to line up on my shooter. But, you know, at the end of the day, they're, they're patchy. But you're pricing for that. It's not so bad. But, again... It'll probably have a few problems, but you're not going to get killed here. Okay. You're already taking the hit. Not a load of conviction with that. Yeah. Not going to get killed it's here, ugly. but... It's ugly. It's a buy. It's a buy because right, it's we'll already pricing it. in for that. Hey, we'll I take can, a buy. I can understand that. This is, a, this is one of the hardest businesses I've, I've seen to make money. I mean, you couldn't... If you're trying <laughs> to make it hard for yourself to make money, this is the kind this of business you come up with. It, it's very well managed, I have to say. I actually think management's all right. It is um, such a bad business, it's just yeah. hard. We should probably explain. So what they do is, um, you know, to make steel, you can take recycled bits of steel and put them into a, into a, um, a furnace and make steel, or you can take raw commodities like yeah. iron ore and coking coal, and you can make steel. These guys provide, the way that BHP provides the raw um, iron ore and, um, and coal, mm -hmm. these guys pro provide the raw um, uh, materials to make uh, recycled steel. Uh, and... You might think, well, BHP is a great business. This is not BHP. Mm. Um, it's because to move around um, bits of steel is super expensive. And iron ore you typically find in these big deposits. So you can build fixed infrastructure to move it point to point very cheaply. To move um, and source your raw materials for SIMS is ultra expensive. Mm -hmm. And it requires cheap a combination of cheap energy prices, cheap sourcing prices, and high steel prices. They're the three things you need to make money, and those three things almost never happen simultaneously. So this is a business littered with a poor history of financial returns. I must say, at the moment, it is tempting because it's trading at about book. Um, it is probably the best business in its sector, and it still barely makes money. <laughs> but I, I can see the, the attraction. Are we going to have a buy from you as well? Is this our buy? Come on, let's show? go. Are we going to add go. this to let's the portfolio? Yeah, I, I think it's worth it. I would say a spec buy, um, yes, buy. Uh, on this. Yeah. It's a low it's conviction a buy, but, but yeah. it's a buy nonetheless. And, I, and I hate myself for it you as know, well. Yeah, just, just, just so that it's not <laughs> ugly enough, then you get Mr. Trump coming in and putting steel tariffs mm. all over the place. And because they collect everywhere, all these Guys, don't mess up our portfolio. Are you sure this is a buy? That's what I mean. But all of that is in the price. Yeah. It's ugly. It's That's ugly. why it's buying. Yeah. It's so ugly, you've got to buy it. We'll take it. That's a buy. That's the one mm. buy. We've, well, we've still got two more stocks left, so we might get another one. But that's uh, the buy from both our... A, a I low feel terrible conviction, about it. grudging, <laughs> apprehensive mm. buy, but a buy nonetheless from both our guests. Mm. So it'll be added to the portfolio. So watch this space. Um, I hope you guys don't mess it up for us. We're doing very well. <laughs> yes, I know. Let's uh, move on mm. to the next one. This comes from Craig. Horizon Holdings, rail freight operator, of course. Um, mm. AZJ. Gaurav, you have first uh, right of reply on this one. I said earlier that I think the most, uh, the cheapest, most hated part of the market at the moment is coal. Mm. And uh, we currently have, um, uh, uh, we hold some coal stocks and have um, upgraded a couple. And, and I think if, if you don't have the ethical concerns that this is a part of the market that is just screamingly cheap and I think cyclically impaired um, and not structurally impaired for the moment. Controversial, but we'll leave that there. This is a way, this, this has gotten caught up in the coal downdraft and the share price is tanked. 
um, for good reason. There is less coal being moved around, mm. but the way this business works is most of its um, revenue is actually regulated um, and contracted. So the revenue base is actually quite safe, even though coal volumes might be falling. Now, I do expect over time that will translate to revenues for the company, mm. but at this price, it actually looks quite attractive. Mm. Um, I think management's okay here as well. They've done very well. There's a temptation to hold on to earnings and continue to build the asset base and to grow. They've actually resisted that and they've given back a lot of money through dividends and I expect that to continue. Um, this is, again is an ugly business. I would probably rather own a direct coal miner because mm. I think they're cheaper. But for, the, for, <laughs> for those who can't or don't want to own, own coal, I think this is actually reasonably attractive. Again, a spec buy from me. I think okay. this is okay. Yeah, it's, it's ugly. There's no doubts about that. Um, and the whole coal sector, we've had chats about that. We have, yeah. Um, and chats, for me, you say. <laughs> chats. <laughs> Loud, bringing <laughs> disagreements. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I still yeah. think coal, mm. look, I, 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 I couldn't care less what it is. As long as if the risk return works for you, then it works. Mm. Coal, it still doesn't for me. So I'm staying out of it. Ryzen's not too bad. Uh, he's right. Six to seven year history. Look at the share price. You're pretty close to the bottom end of it. Mm. So it's, it's, a, it's a pseudo infrastructure player. It does have a long, longer term declining cycle with the volumes, but you know, what are you gonna do? There's no one else to use. I mean, mm. you're kind of stuck with them. Mm. So they can gradually put up the prices there because they, you know, they can always claim, oh, otherwise we've got to fire people and the government will let them. So it, it's one of those interesting plays. So I don't think it's not too bad. I actually don't mind it here. It's just that, you know, if you look at the whole thematic of what's happening and where the call is and all of that, it's just negative. But overall, I think, you, you know, this thing was trading at peak around six bucks. So, you know, if, if you think, if you're thinking the market is, the market's at all time. Actually, it's higher multiple now mm. than what it was before because the earnings have come back. Yes, the, that's right. And the share price <laughs> is staying there. So yeah. in that context, this stock is actually cheap compared to where it was. So in that context, I think it's not bad. So I, look, I, I'm a buyer because everything has a price and I think this one is, it's worth buying here. Yeah. The, the best investment ideas are actually those that you automatically think, oh, no, that you don't want to look at that cause, that make you a little bit sick in your stomach. You, um, those are actually the best investment ideas because that's a reaction of everyone. Exactly. And it's generally a symptom of mispricing. Yeah. And we've got that with Sims Group yeah. and we've got that with Horizon. Both yeah, of them, okay. I actually don't yeah. want to so buy them at all. Like that makes sense. And so most yeah. people won't because yeah. they don't like no, it. Yeah, that's, that's, right. Right. that's why you've got to push past it. Sims and a classic example, when they get a single digit, everyone feels like throwing up instead of buying it. <laughs> but that it. is the time to buy yeah. it. Okay, it's a good way to put it. Mm. Um, so a buy from you guys on that one too. On Horizon, mm. we've got a buy from both Gorab and Nathan. Mm. We have one more stock left, our Sidian Group. Um, this one's ALC. I don't know much about this. It's um, health tech, is it? Maybe. Yeah, they, they work in the healthcare space, mm -hmm. tech connection. They they play in multiple areas. They you know they put a little, they they probably best way to put it is like they're investors in the healthcare tech space. Um, they're very good at what they do. Um, it's look this was trading um, probably was that um, 2018 early 19 around four or five cents, and then it ran up to 30 cents. Wow. And then it's now back down to you know, 30 and 14 cents. It is, this is kind of the exuberance in the tech healthcare space. Um, these guys are very good. Do I want to chase it here? I think the, the whole tech space is way overpriced and the mm. sentiment might hit these guys. So in that context, I'm a bit more, uh, I suppose, skeptical and I'd probably wait on the sideline. If it comes back and I'd say somewhere around 10 cents, um, you know, around 10 cents uh, or below that, I'd buy a bit and leave it because you know these guys do, they're in the right space mm. and they're playing, it's a bit like what I was talking about with the gold miners before, because they invest in a lot of developers, one of them hits the spike, bang, you're in there, you're having a benefit out of it. So these guys play in multiple areas in the health space. I think the health space is really good. It's going to have uh, the healthcare biotech space will do well over the next couple of years. The market's interested with what's happening in COVID. I think you're going to see more and more of these things. So you're going to have that play and the tech space, which is everyone's in. So this has got the basis of being something that people will be interested, but I think you wanna buy it cheap so you get the risk return. Mm. So I'd be looking at somewhere around 10 cents. So if there's a pullback in the market, think about it this way. The most overpriced crowded trade globally is your US techs. Yep. Yep. When they fall, every tech will fall. You know, I'm not gonna say the word, but everyone gets hurt in a bus crash. So all the techs will get hit and this will be one of them. And when they do get hit, that's the time to buy it. And then, you know, leave it for six months and they'll do well. So hold on it right now? Uh, look, yeah, at this price I'll be holding. Okay, 
Hold from Nathan, Gaurav. I actually don't know this business at all. Um, I only came across it today when it was mentioned. Um, it, it looks okay. It looks like it's doing some interesting things. It does software um, for the healthcare sector. And they've had some success. Sales are growing. It looks like um, they're operating on a SaaS model. So the revenue, you have to actually dig a little bit to get to the true financials because um, with SaaS businesses, sometimes the, the top line revenue growth doesn't represent the full contract value. Um, so you, you need to do that. Um, but for me, this is not really an area I want to be fishing in at the moment. Mm. I think there is little doubt there is a large and growing tech bubble brewing. And, and I, I say that carefully because um, you know, I, I think it's true that these are very good businesses and the opportunity in front of them is very large. Mm. But just looking at some of the behaviors I'm seeing, I saw this um, in 1999, I saw it again in 2007, mm. um, and it's exactly the same. Retail investors um, joining the market in hordes, uh, long list of IPOs, um, often generating huge returns on their first couple of days trading. Um, you, you name it, huge um, valuations and, and valuation metrics now changing to what they were uh, two years ago. Uh, a lot of the signs are there and I'm just getting a little bit nervous about this whole tech space. I mean, we own tech names and there are still some very good businesses around. I just be careful about your allocation to that sector at the moment because it does look like it's, it's uh, very hot. And the last mm. thing you wanna do is is have your money in the hottest stock in the mm. hottest uh, part of the market because that's a recipe for, for losses. The, um, the thing with the tech sector is, as Gore was saying, it is hot, but there are a number of them have been pulled back because of what's happened with COVID. Mm. So yes, you, you're you right. actually yeah. got really <coughs> good, and I mean really good proven tech mm. trading at substantially lower levels mm. because oh, you've got to give us one now Nathan yeah well we've talked about this right so the two oh, that yes, I think okay. is the, the turnarounds for me <laughs> yeah. are Ordinate mm -hmm. um, on the sound tech yep and Videotech and and Vista Group Cinematech I might okay. say yeah. we, we actually have buyers on both and we own both um, so oh, it's interesting yeah. well yeah. there you go we can get a stock pick out of that <laughs> so the, yeah. those, those kind Perfect. of ones they're global proven they're not trying to invent something mm. they already have it so they're platform they can add more things so these are the benefits of being selective. So if you're going to go for tech stock, pick the guy who's proven, got the customer base, and it's just been pulled back because of structural pullback with COVID. When that turns, these things will trade two, three times. Perfect, so people, we did get some stock picks out of that. By the way, you were a hold for that, I take it. I'd probably sell. go to sell, sell. actually. Okay, yeah. we'll take a sell. Mm. Well, let's summarize uh, the, the last five stocks we just did there. We had a sell from both on JB Hi-Fi, a sell from both on Artemis Resources, but, the catch here, we had a buy, a low conviction buy, but a buy nonetheless uh, on on uh, Sims and a buy as well, a speculative buy on Horizon Holdings. Jeez, what have so we done? <laughs> the two, two of the crappiest Sims stocks. Sims and Horizon <laughs> both getting a buy, <laughs> both being added to our portfolio and um, oh, our Sidian yeah. was a hold from Nathan and a sell from Gaurav. Um, so yeah, a successful show with a couple of buyers out of that, even if it is ones that quote, <laughs> you make you want to throw up. Um, perhaps not the best way to put it, but we'll take it from Nathan and Gaurav. We always love having you guys on. Thank you so much for joining us uh, on the show today. Nathan Somersand from Deep Data Analytics, Gaurav Sodi for Intelligent Investor. Always a good show, always a pleasure. That wraps up the show though. Any stocks you'd like to cover, flick us an email, the call at osbiz.com.au or you can tweet to us at TV. And a reminder where to find all the stocks we have in the calls portfolio, head to osbiz.co forward slash portfolio.